the Holy Spirit. And this happens all the time. Happens all the time. Acts 19, 1 through 3 says this. It says, this was when uh, Paul is coming in and he's talking with the church and he notices something different. It says this, that, uh, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. So here we have a group of believers and Paul says, there's something different here. Are you filled with the Spirit? There's a Holy Spirit? I didn't know there was. In fact, he goes on, you go in the next verse right there. Uh, yeah, there you go. And he says, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? He said, you know, you've been baptized, you got saved. Uh, what's the issue? And he says, well, we were baptized in a John's baptism. These people were not at the day of Pentecost, but they were saved and they believed in Jesus. And they were even baptized by John. But Paul notices that they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And this breaks my heart because when I see this, there's a whole nother world when it comes when you allow the Spirit in your life. A whole nother dimension. A whole, I can't explain it. I can, you can only experience it. But, but there's something new. It, it's, it's, I was kind of thinking, like, how can I put this? Because I can't, like, like, this is what it looks like. You can't paint a picture. But the only way I can put it, it's almost like going to a pro football game. <laughs> Tag along with me here for a little bit. We'll see if we make this work. And so it's almost like going to a pro football game. My wife and I, we've been to both a pro football games. Different games, different experiences. I went to a Vikings game. I got random seats at kind of right above the Vikings, and it was great. I enjoyed the game, and I loved the experience. It was great, besides spilled alcohol, nasty hot dogs, those things, right? It's just, uh, but I enjoyed the experience. My wife, on the other hand, had a friend who was a little bit more wealthy. She went with her friend, and they went to a Broncos game. Do you know where they sat? Not where I sat. Not even seats down on the field. Those really, really high boxes. That's where she was at. She didn't know what she was getting into, but she's like, Vaughn, I'm not in the stadium. I'm like above the stadium. I'm like, who did you go with? Like, those are expensive. She's like, I'm just with my friend. Her parents hold these, these box seats and they go all the time. I said, like, what's the experience like? She's like, well, you know how like we have to wait for hours to get into our seat? Uh, we've got a separate line in a separate parking lot. We don't have to wait. On top of that, I don't have to walk six blocks. I've got a little shuttle cart that takes me to my personal elevator. I, this is not a lie. They have their own elevators for box seat holders. And so they don't have to wait in line. They go up there. They have their own gift shop. So you don't have to wait for hours for a gift shop. Uh, nasty hot dogs and spilled beer everywhere. Don't have to deal with that. They got steaks and everything else up there. And mind this, it's in winter. So while everyone's huddled and cold and freezing, she's up there in Bronco's t-shirt and jeans and saying, I'm getting a little hot in here. <laughs> Two different experiences. Same game. The Holy Spirit is like that. So many times we've been going to the same game over and over and over without realizing there's another experience. There's another experience. It's not because like they, they neglect it, it's just they didn't know. We, we just thought those windows were just up there just to have windows or for coaches to be at. We didn't think normal people like us could be up there with the right price. 
But that's kind of what happens. And the same goes with the believers who live a life with the Holy Spirit or without the Holy Spirit. There's just a massive difference in experiencing your faith. Massive difference. So some people are not aware of the Holy Spirit and that he exists. The second reason is in your notes, is not in your notes, but I want you to write this down anyways, is this. Some resist the Holy Spirit. Some resist the Holy Spirit. You can write that, we missed that blank there, but go ahead and write that down. There might be many of us this morning, like we know the Holy Spirit exists, but we resist him because one of his main jobs is to prompt you during your seasons of life. And sometimes those promptings, we don't like. Those little urges, we can care less for. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like when you see a person at the store and you get this strong urge to encourage a complete stranger, but you don't. Why? Because it's weird. We don't do that. We don't talk to strangers. It's weird. So we ignore it. Or maybe you sense that you need to call someone out of the blue and see how they're doing. The Holy Spirit is prompting you, but you don't, and you resist. Why? How do you explain that phone call to them? (laughs) Uh, I had this feeling I needed to call you. It's weird. We don't like it. I mean, there are many cases where I have resisted the Holy Spirit, but the one that I know clearly is when God is working on me to actually be more generous to the needy. That's the thing that he was working on me when I first got here. Let me kind of give you a little example. When I first moved here, we were driving outside of Walmart, and there are numbers of people who are just looking, you know, for some money or some gas or some food or whatever it may be. We've seen their signs. And so we're driving, and I see this uh, Middle Eastern couple, and I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, obviously, they're not from around here. But in my growing up, I was told, don't give a handout. And so we go, and I drive away, and I get this knot in my stomach. And I know very well who is putting that knot there. It's not my children screaming. It's not my wife. It's the Holy Spirit. And my, they're, they're going along. My wife is looking at me, because sometimes the Holy Spirit likes to gang up on me with my wife. And so <laughs> that happens. And so like this knot is happening. And I said, you know what? I'm not giving a handout. I don't know who they are. They could be running those schemes everyone's talking about. I'm not going to give them money to like, buy their drugs and alcohol. Come, going all down my kind of religious reasons why I don't do that. And so I keep driving. But the further I got away, the stronger this knot became. And finally, my wife looked over at me and she says, are you going to do something? And I said, Shush. I did not. I don't do that. But I said, you know, well, thanks, Jesus. Now you got my wife on board. Now I'm going to have to do something. And so, like, so I whipped the van around, and I knew the exact amount I had to give, the exact amount. It was $60. And I'm like, they don't need $60. I mean, gosh, that's a lot of our bank account money. I don't make a lot. I'm like, $60, that's just a lot. But still, I withdrew the first 20 And the Spirit says more. And I said, no. And I, and I was about to creep off. And again, it's not. My wife looks at me. Okay, let's put my ATM back in there without Drew 40 more. Got the $60. And I went up to them, and I was trying to think, how do I talk to this Middle Eastern family about what I am feeling right now? Because more times than not, they're probably a different faith than I am. And so I'm like, how do I do this? And I feel the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? Trust me. Just trust me. And so I did. Pulled out the sixty. told my wife, said, I'll be right back. I go back and I walk to them and I realize they don't speak a lick of English. How do you explain to someone that doesn't speak English? You just don't talk and let the Spirit do His work. 
And so, so all I did is I gave them $60. I knew one word that they couldn't understand and one word that would contradict anything was just shalom, means peace be with you. And I gave them the $60 and I went back to my van. Now, why do I share that? Because I resisted the spirit. And a lot of times, maybe you're in this room and you've had those promptings or that kind of that knot in your stomach, and you realize, like, why am I feeling like this? Why, why do I feel like I need to go tell that woman that she's doing a good job while her kids are screaming in Walmart? Why do I need to feel like I need to call up a long-lost relative and say, hey, I'm thinking about you today? Why do I feel like this? Why do I kind of feel sick? It's the Spirit prompting you to do something. It's His Holy Spirit urging you to do something. And for some of us, maybe we just kept resisting and we never turned around. And because of that, your heart has been hearted and the Holy Spirit, you don't recognize his promptings anymore. And that happens. Look what Stephen says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. This can happen. It's happened to me. He says this, you stiff-necked people uncircumcised in the hearts and ears. Don't tell people that. That's really mean. (laughs) But you always resist the Holy Spirit. You always resist the Holy Spirit, just like your fathers did, and so do you. Church, this morning, let me encourage you. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing I noticed. The Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman. He's not going to make you do something. He's going to prompt you to do something. But you have the choice, and if you keep making the choice of ignoring the Holy Spirit, you're going to stop recognizing his voice. And pretty soon, you're going to feel like you're just going through the motions, going through this faith walk with Jesus, realizing where is the power in my life? And the Holy Spirit says, I've been talking to you this entire time. Don't ignore his voice. And maybe some of you are wondering, like, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit talking to me? I mean, prompting me. I mean, do I have a light shine down, a big booming voice says, thou do this, or something like that? That doesn't happen. If it does, that's great. Uh, like, let me know about it. But more times than not, this is how I know the Holy Spirit is talking to me. The Spirit will always prompt you to do something selfless and bring glory to God and not you. If you get that, or if you get that sense, that's the Spirit talking to you. How do you know it's, it's your voice? Well, if it brings glory to you and it's a little selfish, very easy, very easy. Lord, are you speaking to me right now? Spirit, is this you? Uh, Because right now it's making me feel uncomfortable. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm about to withdraw money and give money to these complete strangers. I'm about to call someone and just try to explain to them. God told me to call them. Um, that's, That's his voice. That's his voice. So what if we do invite the Holy Spirit in our lives? And what exactly is he going to do? And this is what I want to talk about the last few moments this morning. What's he going to do if you invite him in your life? Check this out. Number one. First thing that I notice is this. The Holy Spirit, he's going to comfort you. He's going to comfort you. John 14, 16 says this. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. There's that word again, helper, meaning counselor. Remember the translations that I, I, I told you and put it in your worship guide notes? Helper also means comforter. Comforter. Best way I can put this is, have you guys crawled under a comforter at a very cold evening? And it's like the best feeling in the world, and you're like, nothing can hurt me right now. I know it's very cliche, kind of thinking like, the, like, thinking like that. But you know the feeling you get, like, oh man, like I am, I'm good. I'm good. The Holy Spirit, one of his main jobs is to comfort you to console you. I had an experience 
on this on numerous occasions where I or my family are in a hard time or just heartbroken. One specific time uh, is when we had an early miscarriage with our third child, and we were so excited for this baby to come. And we didn't announce the pregnancy yet or, or, or anything like that because we were just wondering, like, it was super early. And we're like, but man, man, we, like, we got a, a baby coming along. Like, we want three kids. My wife wants, like, 16 kids. Uh, pray for me. Um, <laughs> but it was like, like, we've got this baby, and we're just excited. And like, oh, man, going through all the feelings of joy and all this. And then my wife goes to her very first doctor's appointment and realizes there's no heartbeat. And for some reason, I knew while she was out of the appointment, I was with the kids, something was wrong. She comes to me, and she just breaks down in tears, and I cry with her because we got news that there's no heartbeat. We lost our third child. So what do you do? You cry, and you weep, and you break down. Husbands, 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 listen to me. Listen to me this. Cry with your wife. Weep with your spouse. There's nothing more stronger in your relationship when a husband and wife can come together and just be broken. Because when the Spirit comes and comforts you, you will receive that restoration. And we knew, we knew that while all the cliche Christian sayings that people were saying, we knew by, you know, thinking positive and saying we'll get through, while everything else wasn't working, we knew something was at work. The Holy Spirit was comforting us. And we couldn't explain why we got through the situation that we did. We went through a season of brokenness, but let me tell you, we received that restoration faster than I ever thought we would. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, His job is to comfort you, to console you, knowing that God was right there in His Spirit, hugging you, holding you, letting you know it's going to be okay. He comforted us through his Holy Spirit, and he can do the same for your life. The Holy Spirit, he wants to be there for you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to console you. While it seems nothing else is working, the Holy Spirit will be at work in your life. Number two, the Holy Spirit will counsel you. He's going to counsel you. John 16, 13 says it this way. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He's not going to take you off on detours. He's not going to take you off in different lies and say, well, this might work. No, He's going to say, you know what? Let's go this way. He's going to lead you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. The best way I can put this, when I was writing this, I have a lot of military buddies, um, a lot. I grew up in a mil heavy military family. I got a lot of them just in cool branches of military that I wish I was man enough to be a part of. Um, but uh, they were telling me about some of these missions that they went on uh, from what they could tell. And one of the coolest missions I heard of is a ranger buddy of mine. They were in this one Middle Eastern town, and he says he was just starting out to be a ranger, and he was going in, but it was pitch black. And one of the rules that his commander gave him says, you cannot turn your headlights on. No flashlights, no nothing. He says, what are we going to use? He says, well, we can use night vision. Night vision goggles, taken. Some other unit took them. He says, I've got an idea. And what they did, they gave him these little earpieces. And he says, just listen to my voice. And I'll let you know where you need to go. And so they went in there and they did their mission. And in his, in his ear, he says, turn left, turn right, kneel down, go up, take care of that, do this, go upstairs, go downstairs. And he says, all I had to do when I could not see, is rely on this voice. And this voice led me to where I needed to go. Holy Spirit does the same exact thing. He speaks to you. 
And he's going to counsel you. Counseling meaning giving you wisdom and discernment, letting you know which way to go. I mean, when we talk about the Holy Spirit counseling you, this is what we're talking about. You, you, you may not have a physical voice in your ear, but you will hear this, uh, uh, pray for her right now. Go talk to that person. Don't do that. That doesn't glorify God. Uh, instead of making this decision, you better do this. That, that voice. That's the Spirit counseling you. Isaiah 30, 21 explains it perfectly. And it says this, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. This is their right way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, the Holy Spirit, He's going to be talking to you. And He's going to counsel you. So the Holy Spirit gives you counsel, he helps you discern and brings wisdom to your choices in life. But here's number three. This is one that maybe we don't talk about a lot. The Holy Spirit, he's going to convict you. He's going to convict you. John 16, 8 says, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Why don't we talk about conviction today, church? We almost think like it's a bad thing. Convict, let me say it this way. Conviction is not condemnation from God. Condemnation says, look at you, you're filthy, you're dirty, I don't want to see you anymore. Conviction says, uh, I see the dirt on your face, come here, let me help you clean you up, and we'll go out and hang. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts you. This is the one that we don't talk about a lot because I think we tend to think conviction is a bad thing because that makes us feel bad. But what conviction is, is when you do something, thought something, spoke something that you weren't supposed to, and you did it anyways... The Holy Spirit will let you know that there is a big no-no in your life and tries to help you make a course correction on your path. That's why he does this. Conviction is not a bad thing. Conviction is actually a very good thing. I mean, I felt convicted when I struggled with pornography and I knew as a believer in Christ, that's wrong. I was convicted. I feel convicted every time I raise my voice at my kids and I, I yell a little louder than I should and I feel bad. That's conviction. I feel convicted if, if I look at a woman in a way that I shouldn't. I feel convicted if I receive more change back from the clerk than more than the correct amount, but don't say nothing and put it in my pocket and walk away. I feel conviction. I feel convicted every time I don't honor God with my money, my marriage, family, or material possessions. I feel convicted but it's a good thing. It's a good thing because it means the Holy Spirit has removed the blinders off of us and allows you to see what God sees. Says, hey, do you know that little issue? Let's fix that. Let's make a course correction here. Let's do something about it right now before it's too late. Conviction right now. And maybe right now, just talking about this, some of you may be feeling a little uncomfortable. Angie, if you want to come up right here. You're just feeling a little uncomfortable. You're like, oh my goodness, like I'm getting a little like antsy in my seats. Maybe your first time here and you're wondering if you get struck by lightning. Don't worry, it's not going to happen. But what it is, it's the Holy Spirit that's letting you know there's something that needs to be fixed right here. Maybe last night you went out and partied and you came here because you had to. And you're feeling just a little uncomfortable and you're like, oh yeah, I feel like he's reading my mail. It's the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit, church, he's here with power. And he wants you to have that very same power in your life. He doesn't want you living a spiritless life, but a spirit-filled and a spirit-empowered life. You see, the reason why the physical embodiment of Jesus does not compare to the Holy Spirit is because the Spirit, when Jesus was here on the earth, the Spirit resided within him. But since he had to ascend to heaven, he said, I will send something that is to your advantage. What is it? It's the very same spirit that he had while he walked this earth. That spirit, church, is available to you. In fact, it's not just available, but he wishes that you would have that spirit in you and with you. Why? Because it's power. There's something different. It's a whole different experience. It's like, it's, it's, it's like God removing scales from your eyes and saying, this is what it's like. You've been living this walk with me your entire life, but this is a whole new experience for you. That is who the Holy Spirit is. He's not weird. He doesn't make us do crazy things. He gives us gifts and abilities so that we can reach the lost. Signs and wonders, it, it's, it's just amazing. But it's because of his spirit. So this morning, I just want to pray just over this one thing. If you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes.